Ooh, quickly, do you know any jokes about yeah. Daniel Ortega? Oh, I do be knowing a lot of jokes. Um, but At least in they Spanish, mostly though? make yeah, and all of them have a lot of cursing. Um, <laughs> hmm, think about that. They're like videos of policemen like getting like people throwing water at them and they freaking the heck out, like <laughs> freaking out so much. If you were like, Why are you freaking out? It's just water, <laughs> like you know, and so. What was it? They took, there was like a frog outside of people's house and it was draining. And they're like, how do you feel now? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> they're, they, for that rainy season, all they, people made so many videos of like frogs in the rain because of that. It was so funny. Um, but yeah. Nice. Editing Benji here. Quick warning about this episode. This episode has some stories that deal with a lot of really intense things like violence, death, kidnapping, and some crazy stuff. So if you're not in a place to listen to this, um, I'd recommend you skip this episode and the next one. But with that said, let's get into the story. Welcome to Apollo Friends to episode two um, of Patty's story where she's talking about uh, what happened in Nicaragua, crazy stuff there, and then where she is now. So I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of the last episode in case you missed it. Basically, Patty's from Nicaragua. <laughs> there was some crazy stuff that went down with an incredibly corrupt president who, one, lit an entire forest on fire and didn't do anything to stop it. Two, stole money from the elderly and general population of Nicaragua. Um, and then people were finally fed up, tried to overthrow him, got like pushed back, got kidnapped, got killed, really bad stuff. Patty was trying to help. Um, she got like targeted, feared for her safety, her and her mom and fled to the United States to get away in the middle of the night. Is that a good synopsis, <laughs> Patty? It was pretty good. Um, cool. Just one thing, though. People were not trying to overthrow him. They were trying yeah. to make him do justice, yeah. But that's, I mean, I do wish people would just overthrow him, but, you know, we, we just don't like using violence back, I guess. Yeah. That's the only way to do it right now. Yeah. That was really good. Good job. That was pretty nice. good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So cool. what is this next phase? Phase two. Phase two. Phase two takes, uh, for me, it starts late April 2019. This was like the end of senior year for me. You were already graduated then, but I did see you often. Graduated. Um, mm-hmm. So he was a big boy by then already. Not really. Paying them taxes. I also Doing pay taxes adult in the things. <laughs> My gosh, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> uh, not not okay. Never mind. <laughs> we stayed up watching we stayed up watching until three AM. What was it? The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, parts one and two. I remember that happening. 
one nice. time in like that's april good. yeah it was fun so yeah that's when it starts it's pretty much my mom and i figuring out what we're gonna do and what brought us here <clears throat> okay so let's back it out a little bit i did say last time that my mom had a visa the type of visa that she had was um tourist visa and when you have a tourist visa at least the one that we have issued from Nicaragua, they allow you to stay in the United States for a period of six months at a time. So that's the most you can stay in the States. Um, so, you know, I was going to go to college for a year. So I had to place my mom somewhere else in between me graduating and when we left in um, May of 2018. So at the end of summer, mom came to Costa Rica um well not really at the end of summer more like October ish um she didn't want to like use up all of her time per se so she didn't stay the six months that time either um so she came here she stayed with some friends parents from a time and then she actually came here to Guanacaste very close to where we live now um that's how we found this place I'd say um, she stayed with some friends from before that she'd met, I think, in church back in the day in Nicaragua. Um, and she fell in love with this place, let's say. Um, I live in a very touristy place in Costa Rica. Like, there's a lot of beaches. It's, you know, I don't know if there's like a saying or something of people that go to like vacation to like these very tropical places, but. If you live there, you're always vacationing. That's not true. We have to work also. Um, but I live in one of those places. Um, so she came here and she was here for like a month. And that's like I would call her and she would show me, you know, the jungle <laughs> and the beach. <laughs> those are the two places we have here um, and things like that. Um, and at the time I was, you know, in college. So, mom went back to the U.S. early November, December, sorry, of 2018. And she stayed my entire last semester in college in the States. And actually, it was really nice. You know, it meant having homemade food and mm. having her over and, like, helping me deal with stuff it was really really nice I felt really lucky to have my mom like all these other people especially like you know international students that their parents like are a whole country away um and stuff so it was really nice to have my mom that last semester there so fast forward right April of 2019 we are talking because it was inedible we had to talk inedible inevitable <laughs> oh my inedible. gosh it wasn't edible either, though. Um, <laughs> was uh, We had to talk about what we we're going to do after graduation. Um, going back home wasn't really a... It wasn't really an option at this point. Um, things were not really doing that well. I wasn't sure how much like surveillance there was over people coming in and out. I still don't know how that works 
um, it, it was just like overall sketchy. And the way that we left the country, it was also like, eh, you know, effy. Mm-hmm. So going to Nicaragua wasn't an option. Um, so we say, okay, do we stay in the States? And sorry for the people that listen from the States. Most of you are. But <clears throat> y'all are not the best at handling refugees. <laughs> um, that's just a fact. Um, yeah. I did look it up. Like the idea or like what was the process but we would pretty much get us so much in danger of getting deported by staying in the states so we just no we're not gonna do that um and then so our options on the table were spain because they were taking a lot of Nicaraguan refugees costa rica and i think chile Canada was also at some point, but we it was too cold. Who wants to live in Canada? Actually, Canada sounds really nice, but it just sounds too cold. Um, so, um, it was really between Spain and Costa Rica. Um, and Spain because Spanish-speaking, mostly. Though, I mm. think, I, I mean, they're nice people. I just can't stand the accent sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond the point. So sorry. You have a Spanish accent from Spain. I love you. I didn't mean to harm you. I just don't understand you sometimes. Okay. Um, so we say, okay, we're going to Costa Rica. Fact. Now we're in Costa Rica. Because if you've ever been here, like the city is very, very like dense. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Like I... I grew up in the capital city of a, you know, of a country, but I've never felt so overwhelmed as I am every time I walk through the streets of San Jose. Um, I guess I'm just not a city girl, like, in general. Um, I don't know. Uh, Arkansas grew on me and now I'm a country girl. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you get used to, like, the nothing. nature. The nothing. <laughs> Uh, thing is closing at early yep. hours oh my gosh that happens here too <laughs> it's either that or states open for all night because it's a club or like a bar <laughs> something yeah. like that or the a two extremes right i don't have a walmart close by here's um so uh we decided that or i pretty much blindly trusted my mom into coming to Guanacaste because it's it was pretty like when she was here she's like it's a really pretty place and I was like okay fair enough I live about three hours away from Nicaragua so to me this is home I mean like this is like ish being close to home you know yeah um and I love the beach and this is something that all my friends if you've known me for longer than like 15 minutes, you know this about me. I absolutely love the beach. I can just exist there and be happy. Um, and so we stayed with some people from a church here for the first like two weeks. And then we found a house and I started working as a ESL teacher. Um, but before I, I guess I, I skipped over things. <laughs> I didn't look at my notes um getting here so um let's let's run a little bit 
May 15th of 2019. That's the day I left the U.S. Um, I was flying out of Tulsa in Oklahoma. And um, we couldn't check in earlier with our passports or anything. Because here's the thing. Listen how traveling works for someone that doesn't have a U.S. passport. It's, it's a pain. Um, so if you're in Nicaraguan and you're coming to Costa Rica... You need to show a couple things. You either need to show a valid Costa Rican visa, like a tourist visa, or an American visa. Out of their logic, they go. If the states can take them, I guess we can't either, you know? Like, I guess that's the logic they use or something. Um, <laughs> so you, you either have those two, either of those two. You also have to have a way to get out of the country. So... It's either like an air ticket or a bus ticket or you're showing people that you're you're not staying illegally in the country. Um, mm. And so those are the two things. So let me present you with the patty at the moment of leaving the United States. She had a nearly expired student visa. That was not one of the kinds of visas that Costa Rica takes. And also, no means or way to get out of Costa Rica after she got there, right? Because there, there's no point if you're going to ask for refuge. Um, so we get to the counter, and we talk to the lovely people that are, like, helping us. And they're like, ma'am, <laughs> we can't really process your stuff if you don't show us these things. And we're like, ma'am and sir... We are trying to ask for refuge there. Therefore, we don't have, we don't possess these things, right? And so they're like, mm. well, you can just buy like a cheap bus ticket from like online or somewhere. And I was like, okay. Because they're not being like, they, they, it was just, it was a whole drama. That, that yeah. again, blurry in my head. Benji was there. <laughs> There's not the yeah. whole thing. Um. I remember crying at this point. This is when I started crying um, because I, I didn't know what to do. But we bought the tickets, like a $40, $40 tickets off of like a sketchy website. Okay, but we had now a proof. And here's the thing where I was sneaky. Sneaky Patty. <laughs> My mom possessed the visa that Costa Rica accepts, okay? So, okay, these people on the counter, they checked. I was gone for a second there, but I'm back. They checked our bus tickets, and they're like, okay, step one covered. Okay, now the visas. So I am like, you know, my eyes are red because I've been crying for the past, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and mm. I'm like, <laughs> just, you can tell that I'm not doing okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so I sneakily just showed them my mom's passport with my mom's visa. And they're like, okay, is it is the type of visa that they like? And then they just processed my passport as if they didn't check. Ha ha ha. Patty was <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> um Never in the process I've ever been so scared as in here. Because yeah. if they had noticed, they would have deported me. This is how extreme the U.S. plays with this kind of stuff. Um, I, I am so sure 
they would have deported me to Nicaragua. Um, and that would have been a whole other thing. <laughs> but they didn't because sneaky Patty. <laughs> <laughs> so I illegally gained to, <laughs> you know, my plane, basically, <laughs> illegally. Um, and then I get into the plane and I get here and then I get to costumes or whatever people I am supposed to talk to. And I'm there like, yo, what's up? And then they check my passport and like, yo, you don't have the visa that you need. And I'm like, yo, I know. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down, guys. <laughs> hey, yo, Just fam. Kidding. I need a refugee card, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> yo, my, my country's in flames. Can I yo, chill garbage here, please? fire. Please, yo, please. <laughs> Don't deport me, please. No. So, take into consideration, I've been, like, crying all day because first I said goodbye to my college friends. This It was so bad. There's this, like, five-minute video of me hugging them and crying. <laughs> yeah. It was so intense. Um, Benji was there. <laughs> and then... Um, then, like, I am, like, just out of the blue crying and, like, the whole trip because of course like you know there's all this stuff happening plus i ran into like a childhood friend in the airport another another person from nicaragua who has the same scholarship as i did but went to a different school we ran up like how with in the world <laughs> and then i start crying again so like overall i'm just like dried up you know i'm just like crying all day um and so I, I get there and then they're like, um, you don't have your like the proper documents. And I'm like, I'm here to ask for refuge. They, the law says that if you get to any place where you're entering Costa Rica and a person is asking for refuge, then you have to go. You have to start the process for me. Like it's 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 the law. I looked it up before coming here, <laughs> you know, and then I start crying <laughs> because I'm just like upset. Um, and then they're like, okay. <laughs> I was about to curse there. Okay, she's Yo, serious. chill. <laughs> we'll get it going, they said. Yes, like that. In my head, it went different, but you know. Yeah. And so, take into consideration that this is like, I don't know. It was probably like 8.30 where we landed in Costa Rica. And we landed in Guanacaste. So it's like we weren't close by because San Jose is like six hours away from here. Um but we landed in Guanacaste um and then they're like confused because they've never had anyone do that apparently at that airport and it makes sense like most of refugees cross through the border either like at a place and then asking for refuge at the spot where they're crossing or they cross throughout like just crossing the border without like a legal post and then when they're here they started the process, but that takes so long. Um, so how the process goes here is that you get a citation, like date and time, to get um your paperwork started to um like be a refugee solicitant, like you are asking for refuge. Um, and then they give you another citation to go and get interviewed and to get interviewed and like see how your case 
ghosts, you know? Mm. Um, so just to get that first citation to get your paperwork started, it will take months because they were so overwhelmed by the amount of people asking for refuge here. There were thousands, there are thousands of us here. Um, and so I got to the airport and because the process started there, I got my citation for like a couple of weeks or like a week after we got there. So reason number one, I was like extremely lucky again of like crossing the way I did. I got through an airport and just paperwork goes really nice there. Well, I mean, they they, they were not, they were like, who is this person just like crying here? But you know, um, so they made super awkward, upsetting questions that I had to answer. And I cried some more and we left the airport at like 11 p.m. Okay, that's how, how long it took. Um, but then one week later we get to san jose and we get to the refugee center okay they were doing stuff at the migration like immigration offices in san jose but it was too small of a place for all the refugees that kept coming every day and so they decided to like open this like old factory place and we pretty much in one of like the storage place that became the like refugee place for us like the refugee offices so there's this like never-ending line they had to go through and then your papers get looked at and then you have to all the same upsetting questions you answer at the airport mm. here again <laughs> do it one more time and then i'm like low-key cried <laughs> again i cried so much during this whole process it's okay guys crying is fine um but that was like such an interesting time because you could see you, you just look at other people and you know they've gone through the stuff you've gone through and there are not only people from nicaragua there were people from venezuela there were people from haiti there were people that were there not because of i mean i guess it's also kind of political persecution but like persecution due to their sexual orientation or gender identity and things like that um and so like you know it's it's admirable from costa rica to like even though the process was a little bit tiring it was still very good due to the amount of people coming in like i was impressed um and so no matter how, how what got you here what your case is when you ask for refugee you get a refugee solicitant card and that's the card that i have and it has you know you have an id that works just as a costa rican id and you have permission to work after three months of being in the country so you don't get you don't get like a work permit until then um and yeah and so that's 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 my status at the moment i have my next citation is in December of 2021 so it's in like a year ish um and then for that you have to like get all this paperwork done so they need to take your fingerprints then you need to gather evidence to say that like you were like whatever was happening to you and stuff like that and like anything works like social media presence or anything so 
I've got my emails to <laughs> run through <laughs> and things like that. Um, but yeah. Um, so then after, after I get my papers, which again, how fast it happened. I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I was so incredibly lucky because knowing other people whose papers got so delayed because one thing or another thing and even more with COVID, it just got worse after that. Um, so I got my papers and then I, again, I, the first three months, I'm not supposed to work, right? But I have like a ish volunteer work that like I was just getting paid for like the bare minimum, so it didn't really count as a salary. Um, but I, I'm extremely like grateful, and it was actually like a nice. It was I was sad to leave that job. I was an ESL teacher for kids from kindergarten all the way up to sixth grade. So I had like four to five periods of classes on Monday, Wednesday, and then I had like a special thing activity on Fridays um and it was fun it was a lot of fun I learned mm. so much about dealing with kids <laughs> <laughs> um I called Benji in between my breaks <laughs> see uh poor thing he just like stories. yeah I heard the crazy things that the kids would say so funny um but it was it was really interesting because most of the kids that I worked with were either just like Nicaraguans that had come here or the sons and kids and daughters of the refugees that were here for the same reason that I was. So it was interesting because when they first heard that I was Nicaraguan and they heard me like speaking fluent English to my boss, who is an American, they were like perplexed. They're like, what? You learned your English in Nicaragua? Like sometimes they 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 underestimate the country so much. And I'm like, yeah, I did learn all this language in Nicaragua. What are you talking about? And stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so it was interesting. A lot of um like xenophobia, I think from not from everyone, of course, but like a lot of Races that even the kids would pick up on, like, oh, that's so Nicaraguan, like, you know, like saying something. I guess a little bit like the equivalent of saying that's so gay, as if it is like a bad thing, you know? That's mm. so Nicaraguan. And, and it's, I would like get so fed up inside and rich. And then I was like, okay, that's a, you know, 11 year old, like, just keep it together. You're supposed to teach them. And so I would just like, gather the whole class and explain my best like why that wasn't the proper thing to do and why it was wrong but i was like wow like these are kids you know um and so that was very interesting so as i was saying i got like a really low like it wasn't even a salary you know it was like a tiny amount of money to which i was really great for for but of course i here is kind of expensive. It's a touristy area and all that stuff. So I lived in a tiny house pretty farish away 
from work. Um, Low-key in the middle of nowhere. If I live in the jungle right now, that was the jungle jungle. Um, I Literally, the monkeys would wake me up in the morning, guys. I'm not joking. I recorded them and sent it to people because they wouldn't believe me. The monkeys woke me up. It was either the monkeys or the chickens. Um, yeah. So it, it was... We lived there for a month. The place was beautiful, okay? There's this, like, farms around us. And the sunrise was right in front of us. It was beautiful. But the house and everything was so... Everything was... I've never... And <laughs> I mean, I know there's people that live in those conditions on the everyday basis. But I was so comfortable. I came from the States. You know, I was in college. I had zero cares for the world. And it hit me so hard. Like, the mm -hmm. change was so sudden. And I didn't know how to, like, manage myself. Like, <clears throat> we didn't have a refrigerator. And I didn't realize how much I relied on a refrigerator at my house, you know. It, it was crazy to me. For, what, almost two months we didn't have a refrigerator. And it was, like, so hard. We didn't have a washing machine. We had to wash our clothes by hand. Heck, how much... I used to wash my my clothes by hand in like elementary school, and then I was so used to having a washer and a dryer. Like it had, look at my privileged hands that don't have to wash clothes. You know, like heck, mm -hmm. I don't ever think about that stuff. Um, so it was pretty intense. Um, I it it was like it was almost like in a dual reality within myself, like being at home, like not having anything of course internet and how i didn't have that thing in there wi-fi i don't know her <laughs> like you know it, it was pretty intense i would call that's mm -hmm. why i would call benji from work because i had wi-fi at work <laughs> um and stuff and so that was pretty intense but then like i went to church <clears throat> on this church that was like mostly like um american people that just lived here for like years and then like the sudden change i like i mean i was still patty it was just you know switching to like just talking in english recognizing slang from the south or wherever and saying y'all to people and like <laughs> talking about living in arkansas and stuff like that like it was like it was like in my head like how <laughs> How I went from that to this, like, it, it's just, like, such a shock in my head, I think. Um, so, yeah, little by little, we saved up some money. We got to a better-ish place. Benji knew that house. He went there once. Um, but it wasn't still the best. I think where I am right now, it's a tiny apartment, but it's the best thing I've had since I came to Costa Rica. Um, I got into a, right after I finally had my work permit, I got a, my teaching job more into the area that I'm actually, you know, accustomed to, like all that stuff. So it was quite the change. I'm back at, you know, I can turn the AC every once in a while whenever I'm feeling fancy. <laughs> it's getting too hot mm -hmm. down here. and. 
and have a washing machine and Wi-Fi. I mean, sometimes I don't have Wi-Fi because I do live in the jungle still, but it's, you know, kind of reliable and all that stuff. So it's been a long way. It's, mm. I think it's been times in my life where I've had to learn and unlearn the things, the different reality, almost like different worlds that I've lived in, you know, mm. it's, it's crazy to me, um, all this stuff. But yeah, from having to lock all the doors and literally putting like chairs and tables on the door because we were scared because we lived like literally in the middle of nowhere and anyone could just pass by to living in this house where we literally have slept with the doors unlocked because we forget Mm -hmm. and stuff. But we live in such like a nice neighborhood now where we're surrounded by really nice people and stuff. It's so weird. I don't know. It's been a learning process, you know. Mm. I was going to make a joke and say something like, and there's still three Jewish men from New York who just ruined my day. (laughs) Every day. I'm kidding. That was an AGR joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I won't make a post explaining that one though. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like, here's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just waiting for my next citation. I was supposed to get my refugee card renewed, but because of COVID, they keep like changing the date. They're like, okay, if your card was supposed to be renewed on this stage, then come this date, and then. That day comes and they're like, just kidding. Come this other day. And then that day comes, you're like, just kidding. <laughs> and they're like, it's okay. That just means another. I don't have to go to San Jose. Like, it's nice. I've had yeah. to go to San Jose so many times before I get annoyed by it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You haven't had to go during coronavirus stuff, right? That was nope. like just before it happened. Yeah. I, I had to. Like, that was my plan to go, like, on spring break, but it all went down, like, the week before spring break. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That'd be not, not be a fun trip. Nope. Yeah. Cases yeah. went up real fast in the city. So, but yeah. That is me. Or not me. That's not all who I am. But that's, that's something that has shaped me. Mm. And my constant untrust to anyone with a police uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to light up the moment, but I just can't think of the thing. Damn, I'm okay, guys. <laughs> I enjoy my life. Yeah. <laughs> you live in the cool jungle. Tell us about all of your pets. <gasps> yes. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so the monkeys that live around, they're they're holy monkeys. So they're tiny, like they they're cute as heck, but they make the sound like they're monsters, like they're huge creatures, and that they're gonna eat you alive or something. Um, but they're tiny monkeys. Um, so you can hear them around a lot. Um, and um, you can see a heck ton of iguanas. Iguanas are my spirit animal. If anyone was wondering. Um, why? Because we like to bathe in the sun kind of in the same way. This is one of the reasons why I love the beach. I think I just love being in the sun. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that one. Because mm. um, I, I respect the water and the ocean. Like, I, I, I don't get into much respect, you know. <laughs> but I love just laying on the beach. Um, so even at the beach, you can see a lot of iguanas. It's a lot of fun. Um, in my other house, they would live on my roof, like in between, like my ceiling and my roof. That's and you could hear them at night. And sometimes I miss that, but then I was like, there were like some messed up stuff in there because I also had opossums live in there sometimes, raccoons, what pythons, like all sorts of things. I've had so many things lived in my house during this time. There was a baby python that came in the kitchen sometime, and my mom screamed so hard. And I was like, that has to be a snake. That's a snake screaming. Um, she she killed it. I was so sad. But that's beyond the point. Um, yeah. Whenever my mom's screaming, I can identify why she's screaming. There's like a screams for um spiders, for snakes, for other creatures. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so that was in my other house though. We had just it was a zoo. Our ceiling was a zoo, basically. Um and you could hear them like scratch the ceiling. It was fun. Mm. Um, I know. But here, in this house, so there's a neighborhood cat um, that just like hangs around with everyone. But the, the apartment where I'm living in was unoccupied. So he would just like be in here apparently before. So he just likes hanging out in here. So we, we have adopted it as our cat. Um, my mom doesn't like cats as much so if you know my mom you would be like how how did she you know manage to do i don't know i honestly whenever she like baby talks to him i still get confused as is like why are you being nice to the cat you don't like cats but apparently she likes this one cat um his name is philip he is too fancy to eat normal cat food so i always have to like bathe it in soup before giving it to him because he's just like that. He's picky. Um, but he is really Philip snuggly and cute. Yeah, Philip the Fancy instead. Um, he's really snuggly and cute. He shreds a lot of hair. That's why he's an outside cat. Um, but yeah, he comes and when he's hungry, he meows at us. <laughs> I've never had a cat before, so this is like a whole new experience for me. It's it's great. Um and then my friend's dog, who's Stacy, you've heard her drink water in the podcast before. Her name is Honey. And she just hangs here every other weekend sometimes. So those are my pets. And the nice. all the geckos that live in my ceiling. I remember the first time that Benji saw a gecko, he was so confused. Look at this lizard, Patty! You mean the gecko? 
beds. We have like twenty thousand of those of They're the ceiling so cool. at all times. They're really cute. Here. I know. Supposedly, I mean, the legend says that were they were genetically like created to combat mosquitoes because people were like getting sick too often because of them. They do eat mosquitoes, by the way. That that's a fact. I don't know if that's true. The other part, the genetically made part, mm. that's just a legend. <laughs> <laughs> genetically modified geckos take on the yeah. world's biggest threat. Mosquitoes. Wow. I call them compitos. They're my compitos. Editing Benji here. If you didn't know, compitos means little friend. And I actually didn't know either. So I just had to text Patty and ask what it meant. But you listeners are also our compitos. You're our friends that are little listeners. <laughs> okay, this is really weird. Okay, moving on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the second half of Patty's story. If you missed the first half, go check it out in episode eight. Until next time, thanks for listening.